Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. line and uh, lots of things happening in the world of poker as usual and we'll discuss many of them those, those things tonight as we uh, bring you the program uh, there was uh, a big show on ESPN over the weekend the World Series of Poker main event and uh, I can't believe it but I really did not even realize it was coming on it was on ESPN 2 a four-hour show on Sunday night, so I'm, uh, I was checking around to try to find out when they were going to replay it, and I don't see it yet, but I'm sure they will at some point. Uh, not that we didn't already know what happened, but uh, one of those things that, uh, you know, just kind of sneaks up on you sometimes, but I guess the big announcements online and the reporting of it came kind of right after we did the show, and I uh, did not pick it up. But uh, the interesting thing, Joe, is that... Uh, for the first time in many, many years, uh, Norman Chad was not on the show. He uh, he uh, suffered uh, pretty badly from uh, COVID-19 and really has not recovered completely. So uh, he was replaced by uh, Jamie Kerstetter, who did the show with uh, Lon, McC- Lon McCarran. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they produced it. Uh, obviously, it was a live show uh, with nine people at the table, but uh, uh, we'll just have to wait and see if uh, if they do replay it again. It is not on the ESPN site at all, as far as a future showing, and uh, don't even they don't even mention really poker as part of their offerings. But uh, we will look into it. But uh, not that you would have been watching, but uh, it was. On. I had my own tournament to worry about that I was involved in all day Sunday. <laughs> So, That's right. Uh, yeah. Your second big tournament since you got things going from the first of the year well, uh, went pretty well. It went very well. Um, you know, it was a little few. You know, we had a, a few less uh, entries than the last time. Um, it was very interesting, though, Dave, because for people who aren't in in um, in this industry or don't you know play tournaments or or even in the room. Um, there's a completely different ebb and flow to this tournament than there was in the first one. And um, it was funny because I got a chance to discuss it yesterday with, with a new guest who's trying to see if we can run different styles of tournaments. He supposedly has a uh, poker group of about, you know, 70 to 80 players and, uh, you know, a uh, very kind guy. I mean, you know, he kept mentioning how well everything was done. But the first tournament... Dave, we sold out all 49 entry seats, which is the max that we're allowed, you know, that we can run with in our room currently. And, you know, we started running with all 49 seats taken and about, you know, 10, 12 alternates right away. Um, This time around, I was expecting to have the same amount of people. And we actually started the tournament with about 34 to 36 people. So, it was more like six tables, you know, and uh, I don't know if you know this, Dave, but you, you set up these tournaments so that the uh, computer itself, you know, randomly selects uh, a table and chair and a seat for you. Right. So at the start of it, you know, you didn't have enough people. Some places like to start with, three, you know, no less than three people, but I know how tournament players are. You know, the blinds get around too quickly, even though it is the first level. So, um, you know, I was, able to move people from one table so this way I could start with six people on six tables and when you do that it kind of you know you have to get into the Bravo system which is the the, you know the software that we use to run the tournaments and um, you know change it around so it's a little extra work because you know we got to produce tickets for the state you know uh, with with, you know who's sitting where and so, like I said, it was a little different ebb and flow. We wound up only having six less entries than we did the last tournament, but there was more people getting up this time around, um, you know, uh, that were eliminated and didn't want to, you know, maybe had already rebought once or twice and didn't want to continue. So, 
Um, one of the big differences is when the break period came, we actually went back, went up to seven tables, back down to six, and everybody was able to sit down whenever they wanted to play. I think there was a, a period of maybe 10 minutes during the middle of the tournament where we had all 49 seats taken and, and two players waiting to sit. But um, all in all, it was still a, a great, it was still a great tournament. You know, we didn't have uh, uh, any issues. We had new $100 uh, uh, tournament chips in there that everyone really loved. I was so happy that they had come in this past week. And um, once again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm polling our guests, Poker Atlas, Dave. Um, I'd like to put a shout out to Poker Atlas because most of the new people, places that I've seen there that have never been in our room that have come from different parts in South Florida uh, have heard about the, the last two tournaments from Poker Atlas. So, um, you know, so happy. I, I don't know what else to say. I was just extremely happy that uh, with limited seating, we were able to run a very successful tournament. And once again, we exceeded our guarantee by this time by uh, $600. And uh, first place went up from $2,500 to $2,799 to be exact. So uh, all in all, you know, it went very, very well. Very good. Very good. And what's the future plan? Well, our next tournament will be on the 28th of March. Um, I am discussing some things to see if maybe I can tweak the tournament a little bit. Um, but I haven't gotten any details on that. Uh, <laughs> today has been a very hectic day uh, just with me trying to meet with my staff and getting some other stuff straightened out in the room. And, um, you know, just stuff that you got to do once you're you're back in charge again, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm trying to, to get the room running uh, – in a manner of which, you know, I'm used to and that I'm comfortable with. And uh, it's a little bit more work uh, when you come in in the middle instead of when you open up a poker room, Dave. As you know, you and I have worked together. And, you know, I opened the room back in 97 when we closed for the, you know, for the expansion of Casino Miami. I opened up the room again. So, you know, it, it is a little different when someone else has had the reins in front of you and you're taking it over. So... Um, that's, that's practically what I'm doing right now, trying to get everything back into an order that, that I'm very comfortable with. And I know a system that works, at least it's worked for me for many years. Well, very good. Uh, are you, I guess the main question is, is what is, what is it doing for your overall business? Well, uh, you know, as you well know, Dave, here in Miami Dade, we are still limited, uh, to our hours and to the amount of people that are on the table. Um, you know, the numbers have modestly gone up. Uh, you know, Dave, you know, I'm sure if we get a chance to speak with, you know, uh, as you've done so well with other poker managers, you know, when you take over from someone else, um, again, you're doing things that feel comfortable. In my case over here, it's, making sure that our, our guests, our poker players are feeling comfortable with, uh, first of all, here with our procedures for the COVID-19, um, you know, safety and health regulations, uh, making sure that, you know, the customers that are there are respectful. And, um, you know, the, the more you show, you know, that you're going to run the room the proper way, you know, the, the, the clientele, feels much more at ease, you know, feels comfortable that, that you and your staff are going to be able to, you know, do what's necessary and, and not only to do what's necessary, that you are doing what you're preaching, which is a very big uh, thing in this business, you know, and um, that's what we're doing, Dave, you know, little by little, the numbers have improved and, um, I can, speaking of which, today, between that meeting, I kind of took a little road trip to Hialeah. It's my first time ever in Hialeah. First time uh, ever? First time ever in their poker room. Wow. And, and it's funny because I went with one of the young men that works with me, and I've had a standard wager for years that I've told people that, you know, I'll give them 10 to 1, $100 of my money to $10 of theirs, 
that I could walk into any South Florida poker room between, you know, obviously in Broward and, and, and Dade and not say a word to anybody, just stand in the poker room. And if within 15 minutes, somebody doesn't come up to give me a hug, a kiss, you know, I go, you win the hundred dollars. Well, if, if that young man had taken me up on that, he'd have lost before I even stepped foot in the poker room. The brush immediately recognized me and, and the young lady named Suzette. And she goes, Joe? And I'm like, yes, hi, you don't remember me. I'm Suzette, but you know, blah, 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 blah. And she said some wonderful things. <laughs> and and by the time I was, walked into the poker room, Dave, there was a bunch of people that had worked with me before. And, and uh, you know, half of the room knew me because, you know, both, the clientele there, you know, they they they're like they a traveling uh, caravan. You know, they go to the best places uh, where the promotions are for the day. But you know, it was funny. I didn't get more than five feet inside of the poker room, and already, you know, I had the brush and, and dealers and the um, the floor managers of young ladies, saris that I trained 23 years ago. So. Um, it was very nice, and, and as you yeah, well it's know... A, it's a nice setup. A what, did, what, what did you think of that? I thought it was very, very nice. Um, I had not seen the... Um, I mean, I had seen it, obviously. My brother-in-law worked there. I had seen the plexiglass. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a lot better in person. It, it looked more comfortable than I thought it would be while I was there, just, you know, just shooting the breeze with the people there and watching the players, you know, come up and greet me and, and everything else. Um, it was very nice. You know, you go all the way to the end of the, of the room, as you well know. And, uh, I was told that's their high end level. Right. And, um, and inside their high end level, they've got another little room that's even higher end supposedly. Right. So, um, it was very nice, you know, um, you know, I know that Nelson's the one, I guess, who helped design that I would imagine. But um, very impressive. Um, I'm sorry now that it took me so long. <laughs> but like I said, I had not been in there. I hadn't even been in there. Oh, good Lord. I hadn't even been in there since their machines were put in, you know, uh, yeah. at that time. So uh, last time I was in Hialeah, Dave, and, I, and I'll leave it at this so that our listeners can, can wonder what it is. But I was, I was with uh, a, friend, a mutual friend of ours, Betty Marischal. Right. And we actually had to meet somebody there on, <laughs> on, on business, and I actually drove my car onto the racetrack. We we met at the finish line. I know. Wow. Cars. Yeah, that's so. Cool. <laughs> well, the fact that, <laughs> that, that, people that, that, that people greeted you and remembered you is not a surprise to me at all, because you are true, truly a, a South Florida poker legend. But uh, one of the things I like about Hylia is that it's up on the second floor and it's not like overlooking the casino or anything. It's completely separated from the machines, which I thought was uh, kind of a nice thing. Yeah, it was. It's, it's you know, it, uh, not a lot I of distractions. Believe, I believe that they have signs there, much like we did when we opened up uh, that 18 years old. You know, uh, for those that listen to us, whether it's here in Florida or, you know, across the country. 18 is the, quote, legal age that you can play poker in the state of Florida as long as the poker room um, inside of a casino, well, more, let's, let's better said, in, in Broward and in Dade County, um, as long as the, the poker room isn't on the casino floor and, and someone has to, you know, technically touch the casino floor to enter the poker room, so the rest of the state is 18 years of age. We've discussed that with some of the great uh, poker players, young poker players throughout our, what is it, Dave, almost 11 years now? Yeah, next week will be next, about 11 years. Absolutely. One more week. Absolutely. So over that time frame, we've had a lot of young, great poker players that couldn't go to Vegas to play in the main event uh, or, you know, during the WSOP that one big tournaments down here, say at the aisle when Mike Smith was running it. And, um, you know, uh, it's a lot of fun. Unfortunately, in my room now, you can't have 18-year-olds because of William Hill. Right. You know, you could actually enter the poker room without having put a foot on the uh, casino floor. Um, but since we opened it up where William Hill is, that's considered 
part of the casino. So um, instead of having a security person at that end of the room, we just decided it'd be better if, if it was 21 years of age okay. to play poker. So. Well, very good. Uh, there's plenty of other things going around town as far as play goes. Uh, the Seminole Hard Rock, we can tell you, had their second uh, installment, event number two of their Escalator series, Escalator 5. Uh, this one was 100,000 guarantee, and they had uh, there was 907 entries in the first one. There was 946 in this one, finished up over the weekend. Uh, prize pool again almost doubled by the uh, entries 198,000 in the prize pool and a $250 buy-in Brian Hunter was declared the winner it was a seven-way chop uh, players got uh, money based on their chip counts at the finish and Hunter had the biggest one getting winning $23,280 uh, seven-way chop for that one and they will move on to number three this weekend as uh, that will be played uh, from the 3rd through the 8th. There's uh, six opening sessions in that one as well. And that will be the next one with a $350 buy-in. So um, uh, that's moving along well. And I think, uh, again, they're very happy with the way that's turned out. Um, also, we had Calder uh, open their... Um, um, Player banked games don't have any real poker going on there or regular poker, but uh, you do have someone in your family that uh, works over there. What do you hear about their opening a uh, couple of weeks? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that question, and unfortunately, I have not had a chance to speak with my brother-in-law okay. concerning how busy they are. And um, I was about to ask you because uh, yesterday, Dania where you're, you know, where you're the announcer for, for, for the highlight, uh, supposedly opened up their poker room. Oh, so you're going to uh, shift it back on me, huh? I have to shift <laughs> it back on you because, because they actually opened up their poker room from what I saw. Now, I don't know if they, they got busy, if they had any action or not. Were you well, able to that's be my there next, and find That out? was my next topic. I did call Dave Berman this morning, and we talked for a little while. He said when they opened at 9 a.m., they actually had 20 people waiting to play. So uh, they started off with three tables and uh, kind of went up and down from three to two. He said the first uh, – no one hit the, the qualifying high hand in the first hour. He said during the second hour, someone finally did. He didn't have the exact uh, hand, but uh, – uh, I think there was two tables at the start of that hour, so that added an extra hundred dollars to the pot. So I think eleven hundred was the payout uh, for that one. So uh, um, he said it was, you know, a pretty good success for starting off uh, with not a lot, huge amount of outside advertising. Obviously, they uh, did a bunch of promotion in the room that was there, but there was no other tables. That was the first day, so it's not like you can reach a lot of people. Exactly. Um, you know, I did see something about how they were going to do their high hands going forward. Um, did they open the room up at nine in the morning? Is that, you know, yes, they did. They did. And, and their promotion, I'm trying to remember their promotion. Um, and you'll forgive me. I, I it's not coming to me right now, Dave. Um, what was it? A thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. For the and, and you know for the high hand an hour is that how it is? Well, the first hour is a thousand, and uh, if it, it rolls over, if no one hits it during that time, uh, basically the high hands are dependent on how many, on uh, how many tables, tables they have. Right. Yeah, uh, two is a hundred dollars, three is one hundred and fifty, and if you have quads or better, you win a free T-shirt. Um, you can win up to $400 if they were had to have eight tables going, but they haven't quite got uh, that much success success yet. But the now, point is getting there early something. to play in that first hour, you know. Right. Now, let me ask you something. Is it is it the high hand 400 every half hour or every hour? Well, it's, 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 it's 400 every 30 minutes after that first hour. Uh, so that's from 10 a.m. to close. But the first hour is, is uh, entirely $1,000. Right, right, but I'm saying going after, you know, going forward after that, is it, is it, you know, um, 400? Like, let's assume they had eight tables max. Was it? Would it be 400 dollars a half hour for their high hand or an hour? That's Correct. what I. No, I no every every half hour, every 30 minutes. Every half hour. So, 
going forward, they had two tables for the rest of the day. And, uh, you know. Between two and three, he said, you know, sometimes it got up three. They opened a third. Sometimes it shut it down and and went back to two. So uh, they never really had more than three going at any time. Okay. And are they still running? Is that including the big game that they've been running there? Well, the big game, obviously, those players are not interested in the high hands and that sort of thing. So they usually play in the evening, and uh, they'll come over there later. But I, 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 I'm assuming that counts is because they have a total of eight tables. There's six new ones, and then the two tables that they have for the big games uh, separated over on the side. So, um, you know, I don't think they had a game the last two days, so it didn't really affect. I'm going to try. I'm going to see if it's possible if I get a chance. To- should stop by there Thursday night, actually, Dave. Okay. Um, when I get out of work, uh, like I said, I did a little road trip today with Hialeah and Magic City, which I didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, and then I'm hoping to shoot up to see, uh, to go to Mardi Gras and while up there, you know, stop by Dania, you know? Okay. So, uh, are you good. working Thursday? Yeah, sir? yes, I am. Yes, I am. Well, I'll give you a holler when we're okay. heading up there. See if we can we can see each other in person up there, big dude. Okay. But um, okay. so you uh, you went to Magic City as well. How, what was that? Trip? I did. Was it, were you greeted uh, as royally? Well, I was by by some of the clientele that knew me right away that got up from the chairs and everything. Um, only two people that worked there that I actually had a brief you know relationship with as far as working. Uh, one was from Dania. So, um, no, you know that I've known Eliana for, you know, uh, since day one. Right. um, Was she there? uh, No, she was not there. Um, Eliana was not there. Um, And, you know, for those listening to us uh, here in the state of Florida, Eliana and and Noah Carbone, who's the uh, director over there at at Palm Beach Kennel Club, um, from day one poker room managers technically so am I but I was let go for <laughs> I didn't have the continual service uh, record that they have but uh, you know congratulations to both of them they've been around for the 23 plus years that poker has been allowed in the state of Florida and, and um, you know been through the quarter 50 cent $10 pot limit up to what we have today so and they uh, big days let me tell you something it's truly amazing. I got to take my hat off to them. I don't know what their secrets are over there, Big Dave, but you know, God bless them. Since uh, high stakes limits came into the state of Florida, you know, they've been the number one room here in South Florida. They were the main competitors when I reopened the room up and tried to compete with them. Hialeah has done a you know an admirable job of competing with them, but you know. They didn't have anything major today, and they had more tables than Hialeah and than us, and and bigger games. And it, you know their numbers, Dave. I don't know if you know this, but you know they're producing numbers of uh, half a million dollars again in revenue between their DPs and poker. And you know you take your hat, you, like I said, you got to take your hat off to them and uh, congratulate them because uh, they're doing something there that keeps their loyal customers continually coming back and they're not they're not buying their customers like almost every other room in south florida is trying to do and i haven't been there probably in a couple of months several months probably but uh did they take some tables out of there is it uh, more room in between now they yep. just went to 11 you know from 11 tables out of a 19 table room that i saw there to 12 and the young lady uh, maria who's their brush there a very sweet girl you know, was she telling me, oh, yes, you know, we've moved up to 12. I was watching their games today, and, I, you know, I didn't see any discernible distance. Yes, they had some tables, which is in between, like we do in our room, Big Dave. You've been there. Right. Um, but but um, there was other tables where the players were literally right next to each other, side by side. So Well, you know they're very uh, they're know. very successful, Joe. And let me just say this: I don't want to. I'm not. You know, I'm. I I like Gileana and the nice people over there, but that room is really 
at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to niceness of rooms in South Florida, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, let's be frank. Uh, you know, it's a low ceiling. You could see the dog track out the windows. And it's not horrible, but it doesn't have the beautiful... Uh, you know, the amenities, the carpeting and the, uh, you know, stuff on the walls and that sort of thing that the other that other rooms do. You have it at your place. The aisle is a beautiful room. Uh, Hylia is a beautiful room. Uh, the, obviously, the hard rock with a brand new room is fantastic. But, uh, you know, so obviously that's not a priority for the people who play there. Exactly. And, and it's funny that you mention all of that, but I was having that same discussion with the young man that went with me that works with me. And I said, look at the difference. You know, even our small room, I think, looks much nicer than their room, okay? As you mentioned, Hialeah, the Isle, Dania. I haven't seen the new setup, but I'm assuming it's in the same spot where I worked before. Right. Um, and it's very plain Jane, and it's never been anything other than that, okay? So a credit to them that they, you know, I don't know. That kind of shows you that, hey, you, you know, you don't have to build it for them to come, right. you know, as long as you open the doors, <laughs> they will come there. And, and, you know, I couldn't agree more with you, Dave. They are quote, the plain Jane, the, uh, uh it is, it's, and, it, and I could imagine if all 19 tables are running, which they do get quite frequently, it's gotta be a little uncomfortable, Yeah. you know? And, um, you know, what I did notice today, Dave, um, as I told her, because I hadn't been in there since before the pandemic, uh, and I was actually there to look at their uh, slot area, which in essence is almost the same thing as a slot area compared to the other casinos is nothing out of this world either. Right. Just just to mention that. But uh, the lighting was better. It seems like they had gotten new chairs and, and tables. But, you know, it's a superficial, uh, you know, upgrades you know the room is just like you described it and yet they produce unbelievable numbers there and considering that they're not using all 19 tables the numbers they're producing are just phenomenal so you know yeah. uh, i i wish I, I wish i could tap into that success to be honest with you well you know obviously they are in the heart of uh you know the cuban community the uh not far from calle ocho and uh you know, obviously you are too, and Haile is too, but uh, to me it's it, it has more of a Latin room feel. It does, Dave, and they have definitely benefited by Miccosukee Indians having been closed for a while now. Um, Hialeah had opened up where you had worked part-time while they were running Highlight down at Homestead. So, you know, they are the furthest poker room south. <laughs> Yeah. You know, far you would take and like you said, there are they are more of a residential area. So um one thing you gotta admire, Dave, I mean you know, I, I scratch my head as a as a manager because it isn't the case anywhere else in South Florida that I can tell. Right. Okay. That, you know, we all have to fight, you know, Hialeah has to offer, you know, high promotions, and, you know, when Nelson opened that room and Adriano who's running it now with Isaris you know, people that have all worked for me and, you know, and under me and, uh, you know, they're putting out big money. I know exactly what they're putting out there to produce the numbers that they're doing. And I, you know, I can much more or less figure out bottom line numbers based on, on that, you know, from my experience, but magic city is just on a completely different pedestal than everybody else. And, yeah. you know, that's, I was talking with the young man that I was with today and I said, look at this, you know, they've got, they they were running a two two fives and three one twos and the other three tables were two fours. Dave, I could tell you right now, the two five players and the one two players were not there playing for the high hand, unlike the two four players. And guess what? Even if they were to offer a hundred dollars a half hour, which is what I offer on Sundays, and I can't get tables in there right now because you know they want to play for a higher limit of of, of uh, high hand. But you know what? I guarantee you they'd probably still do $300,000 in revenue a month there. And, you know, that's a tribute to 
to how they're running their room because they're not scaling off their players and their players are not right. going anywhere else in town. So congratulations well, to them. We certainly do congratulate them. And uh, let's move on to some other things around the country because uh, there's a lot of talk around uh, online poker expanding to other states. Uh, the huge success uh, of the first month in Michigan, uh, I can I can tell you that in their first 10 days, they took in uh, $29.4 million. So uh, there's nine online casinos uh, in the area, and uh, it's been a tremendous success. If you extrapolate that out to an entire month, um, they, uh, they would have had like $91 million for the month of January. And if you want to see where that stands in between uh, other states, it puts them right in smack in between Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Pennsylvania brought in just over $80 million in January and uh, New Jersey over $100 million. So uh, right on line with all the things. So now other people are starting to uh, look into it. And, you know, we've suggested this, obviously. But North Dakota has passed a bill to, uh, to launch online poker. Uh, and also Illinois, a lot of talk there as uh, they put that out. But they passed a, a resolution in North Dakota, uh, just basically wanted to set it up for a referendum with their citizens, whether they want to get that on the November 2022 ballot. So, you know, it's definitely a ways ahead for them. But uh, that is a state that has been very resistant to gambling over the years. Um, they resisted a state lottery for 12 years, finally, uh, when everyone else had them in the early 90s to finally having one in 2002. So, you know, it's not it's not going to break the world. It's one of the smallest states in the country. But, you know, it's someone who fought against it for years and years. Then in, in Illinois, um, the representatives have introduced a new bill to launch online gaming by creating an Internet Gaming Act. And uh, that will be something that would be probably come around much quicker. So we could, after this drought, Joe, of, of not having anybody for quite a long time, we could add several states here in 20 uh, in the next year or so. Yeah, well, you know, the, pan the, the pandemic has changed thinking, I believe, on people, you know, loss of a lot of revenue and having the great success that you just mentioned that Michigan just had, Dave. You know, uh, you know, we're, we're we're going crazy here in in Florida to allow us to do that. Huh? Can you imagine what the numbers will be? I mean, you know, over our last few weeks, we've been talking about people who have been running local online tournaments. Uh, you know, that are kind of individual groups. I don't know how they're doing it, but you know, these people are playing Dave down here. You know. Okay, let's take a break here on the program. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, we'll be back after some messages, but we do want to let you know that you can always tune in to the show on uh, all the places you get your podcast. Of course, uh, the major ones are uh, Spotify and SoundCloud. Of course, if you want to listen to some old shows, uh, go back to listen to, you know, Jason Mercier or or the the grinder and his brothers uh, back on the show from earlier days. Some of the great shows we've had on uh, a lot of the great women in poker have been a part of the program over the years. You can go to pokeractionline.com. There's a yellow box on the page that will take you to our Podbean podcast area. And you can search back through there for some great shows on there. And also uh, you can pick us up on the Hold'em radio network, uh, which seems to be expanding their operations. Uh, the Poker Fuse podcast page, several other places you can pick up the show. So search podcast, Poker Action Line, and you can find us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts as well. So uh, we'll take this break in the program. We'll be back with Joe, and we'll uh, talk some other business, including uh, upcoming match between Negreanu and Helmuth, and uh, a few other things that are uh, piquing the interest of people around the country. The elimination of Full Tilt Poker uh, happened this week as well. So we'll talk about that when we return on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. 
You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach, but what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky, the eaters of men. Cannibals. Firelight glistened on the royal bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran, his canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, and uh, we will bring you uh, this show as long as we can uh, uh, get it to you on uh, Poker Action Line. And, of course, uh, uh, I mentioned before the break about Full Tilt Poker, and uh, I don't know what your experience is, Joe. There was always kind of a cartoonish site with the avatars. Uh, it was a site I played in a lot, and then, of course, Black Friday came, and we didn't see it for a long time. Poker Stars brought it back, and that was basically Full Tilt was their um, was their play money site, and that's what I would been on uh, recently for for the past few years. Uh, but they have decided now that they will uh, retire that whole uh, desktop and mobile application uh, this week, and uh, all the information and balances will be moved back to a corresponding Poker Stars account. Uh, well, I wonder what your thoughts are when you look back. Is it fondly uh, looking at poker? I mean, full tilt. I mean, obviously, people lost money on there, and there's some really negative feelings. But it was associated with the owners that were big-name poker players. What were your thoughts? Hi, Dave. Well, it's a great question. I loved poker stars, okay? Uh, their only problem was I've never cashed out of there. I would sell my, my you know, my chips, so to speak, to my friends, and they, you know, they would give me the money when I saw them. And the only problem with Poker Stars, Dave, was it would take them days, literally days, to get this done. Don't know why. So, you know, it was very frustrating to my friends uh, that we couldn't get the transfer over. So, I'm going to tell you something that I've never shared on the show before. We'd get on one of their tables. And they would have maybe $10 or whatever in their account. And I would put, you know, they wanted 50 so I'd put $50 in there. And I'd make sure that it was just the two of us. So the hands would start dealing, and I would have, you know, we, we would raise to $9 and change. He'd go all in for 10 and I would fold. And this is how you get where I'm going at. This is how yeah. I transferred the $50. We did this for months. Well, sure enough, one day that we're doing this, Somebody gets on with us, and we stop playing because, you know, we're not doing anything wrong. All I'm doing is transferring it. 
well, long story short, it wound up being the reason, you know, uh, I got thrown out of that site. And I explained it to him. I said, listen, you've watched me play for years. You know, I've transferred money to this player. There was nobody else on the table. But, you know, when you're discussing this with people who don't actually know what's going on, you know, and they said, oh, this is cool. I go, how can there be collusion when there's just two of us? And as soon as the money was transferred, we went our separate ways in playing games. We never, you know, we never played on the same table. I go, this is the reason why they allowed my friend to go back on the site. And it was just, they were making me jump through too many hoops for me to go back in and wanted too much information. And I said, listen, you've got my history there. And I decided to leave, and I'm not going to lie to you. It was, you know, it was heartbreaking for me from a poker standpoint because I really love playing on Poker Stars. Okay. Now, you're asking me about Full Tilt. Right. I, it's when I started to play Full Tilt, shortly when I wasn't allowed to play on Poker Stars. And I would imagine the reason Poker Stars wanted them is they upgraded their software to a point which I found to be phenomenal. And yes, it's funny because they did have those avatars, and you know it was funny because you could switch them, and and you know certain avatars had four or five different faces, the same avatar, and you know. Um, but I just truly enjoyed their tournaments. Um, uh, Full tilt for me was phenomenal. It's the site where I made the most amount of money on, um, but it was fantastic, and you know, and prior to Poker Stars and 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 uh, and Full Tilt, you know, I played all the time on uh, Party Poker, you know, and you know they left the market in 2006, if I'm not mistaken, right? And uh, while well, Poker Stars and Full Tilt stayed on, and obviously everything collapsed on them Black Friday, uh, you know, many years ago, but again. I loved it, Dave. I don't know if you got a chance to play. You said you were playing free. Their, I, uh, I was, yes. Their free money. And they had great little free free roll tournaments, which I actually was able to win some of them. You know, it was, you, know you had it for fun. I don't know if you ever did that. But they had like a $25 free roll, you know, that they would start up every, you know, whenever they had, I think it was 180 or 200 people signed up for it, whatever it was. And if you made it to the final table, you were at least putting some form of cash into your account that you could actually then play in the penny, you know, the one cent, two cent blind games. And, uh, you know, I know people who have turned those of those things into thousands of dollars. I, I believe Chris Ferguson made a point of doing something with a very minimal amount of money that he eventually turned into over $30,000 uh, in cash. So... I love both sites. I love both sites, and I really got to love Full Tilt uh, prior to, you know, all of this coming down. I've mentioned on the show years ago that um, I was playing a lot of tournaments, and one Saturday night into a Sunday, I had cashed in a tournament and went to bed finally and got up to play their Sunday tournaments, Dave, and they had wonderful tournaments on Sundays. And when I looked at my account, my account had an additional, you know, four or five hundred dollars, whatever it was. I can't quite remember the number. And I didn't want to be barred off of it, thinking that someone had made a mistake and put that money in there. So when I called, um, you know, to let them know, hey, listen, I don't know if there's a mistake been made, but that's not my, you know. And they informed me that they had caught somebody or some bodies in a tournament that I was involved in, that I had cashed in. And they disqualified them, and thusly uh, moved me up the ladder. And that was the the difference in in the cash price that I saw in my account the next day when I wow. woke up. Wow! Yeah, it's, I, it's been a while since I heard you tell that story, but uh, you know, I mean, it 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 does say something positive about them that they did make that good. And they didn't have to, you know. That's what I tell people. They didn't have to, you know, because I would never have been any wiser. All they informed me was they wouldn't tell us what went on or anything, and I believe in the poker forums, you know, word got around. And this was my argument, Dave, when people used to say, oh, you know, they're stealing, they're, they're doing this. Well, if they were stealing, you know, they didn't have to tell anybody about this. Um, you know, everyone's saying that when they went down, it was a Ponzi scheme. I think what happened is more so that they were shelling out cash 
knowing that this was a cash cow for them, not expecting the DOJ, you know, and the American government to shut down their sites and, and stop their <laughs> their money making machines, Dave. Right. And uh, you know, they paid off these people, never expecting, you know, much like when the when the stock market crashed in the in the 20s, where there was a run on the banks, and you know, there wasn't enough money to go out. That that would be my guess because there's no other reason for them to have done the things that they've done, you know, to to reimburse people. Like I said, to pay me, it was easily at least four or five hundred dollars, you yeah. know. And I was so happy to get it that I thought they had made a mistake. So, you know, logically, you know, thinking it's just, you know, why would they want to steal from you if this is what they were thinking of doing all along? So, right. Right. No, I agree with that. Uh, it's funny, you know, when when a, when a place ends, and you know, this happens when a lot of people die, that all of a sudden past stories about them uh, are retold. And uh, there's an interesting article on uh, Poker News Daily uh, by Earl Burton that says, uh, you know, rest in peace, full tilt poker. But what he talks about on there is uh, the early days, and this was really before I got seriously involved with poker. We've done the show since 2010. But back before 2006, when they had their glory days, their golden years, uh, eight of the top ten largest online pots in history took place at Full Tilt. They had guys like Isildur, um, you know, playing Phil Ivey and a bunch of other players like that. Um, you know, it was uh, there were the big names because of the uh, the fame of Howard Letterer and Chris Ferguson and and uh, Jen Harmon and Phil Gordon uh, that were involved in the ownership. So uh, there was a lot of really great days back there that people are remembering. Well, Big Dave, let me tell you something. You remember their lineup, like you just mentioned, what four or five of their names, but they had a a, a who's who's list of top poker pros. Right. Right. You know. And my only guess is how, you know, how enjoyable it was for me to play that, how they structured some of their tournaments. You know, um, it was for someone who's a little bit of computer challenged, it was very easy for me. It was very enjoyable, uh, easy to navigate. Um, and like I said, it was just a lot of fun, and every time they updated things, I remember, uh, I'm trying to remember correctly, but one of the great things was um, if you were involved in a hand, you know, and someone uh, did anything, you know, um, you could go back and research the hand if you were yeah. in it. If you didn't beat them or, you know, whatever, you or they you beat them, but you didn't know what they had, you could go back and... And it just gave you insights, and I can only imagine these are some of the ideas that the top pros gave their, you know, their yeah. software. Experts, yeah, you, you, could, know. you could actually print out hand histories. It was it was fun, and I remember I used to print out a few things. There'd be a great hand, and I would bring it into the show, and, and uh, you know, that was one of the great things. There's one other story I wanted to tell about them that I just read today on this story. Was, uh, it was something I never realized happened, but back in 2004 – uh, when they were having, uh, you know, some of the early days, it was right before the Summer Olympics in Athens, and uh, they actually were uh, announcing an initiative to have poker honored as an official sport at the games. So they printed up a bunch of U.S. poker team hats and shirts, and all you had to do was go to the website and give your up of your email address, and they would send you one. So I didn't even realize that happened, but I can imagine those things are probably worth some money these days. Yeah, and I'm not mistaken. Um, I remember getting a T-shirt. I, one tournament, I knocked out, you know, some young man who at that time had been the youngest uh, bracelet winner at the WSOP. And I don't know if I remember mentioning it on our show, Dave, but it was funny because, you know, this is when we were they were expanding it from 40 to 50 to 60 and you know as we know now they were looking to do 100 uh bracelet events uh this past year yeah. but you know somebody got all excited and i wind up knocking out this young man and somebody's like oh you know who that so-and-so is and i'm like no i'm yeah. sorry and it's so-and-so and oh my god you just knocked out a bracelet winner and you know we were not even midway through the tournament and you know it's nice 
And I said, and who is that? And, oh, you know, he's at that moment, he had been the youngest uh, bracelet winner, you know, which, as we both know in our show here, every year it seemed to change. <laughs> right. Every year is, okay, 21 years old and four months, three months, two months. You so know? who was it, Joe Cotta? I No, no, no. It was a young man. I, I had heard of him, but I don't believe he went on to, uh, you know, to have the type of, uh, career and see, you know uh, acknowledgement that Joe Cotta and some of the other uh, younger posts. It wasn't a main event winner. It was just a bracelet winner. Oh, I got you. you know? okay. So um, you know, but it was nice, and they actually sent me a T-shirt. Oh wow! You know, if you, you still not, have I, it, I guess he was one of them. I it, well, unless the missus has thrown it away, but I it should be somewhere. I, you know, I knocked out. It's a, in a drawer uh, someplace, huh? Yeah, I knocked out a top pro or whatever it was that it said. So I did receive it in the mail a couple of weeks after that. So. Very cool. Okay, well, we're running out of time. I did want to just mention that uh, there'll be some details, and we'll get to it next week. Uh, Negranu versus Helmuth coming up. Uh, there's been a few other challenges out there that might be of some note to some people, but uh, the. Uh, the Helmuth-Negranu uh, match is going to be played on uh, Poker Go. They're actually doing it from the Poker Go studios, so looking forward to that. Also, uh, Mori Eskandani, the, uh, the legend that runs uh, Poker Go, uh, came out with a story in the Las Vegas Review-Journal saying uh, that he's guessing the second half of this year is going to be the busiest time that they've ever had. He said the cameras are never going to shut down. And we need to do that to catch up with what we missed and uh, produce what we're capable of doing. So a lot of other big things coming up. High stakes poker on there, poker after dark. And uh, still, I, I suggest highly that uh, you get involved with that if you like to watch poker on television. And uh, I have it on my tablet, and I uh, do check it out from time to time. So a lot of great uh, features and that sort of thing as well. Listen, that's going to do it, Joe. Uh, thanks for hanging in there. And Joe Costello as well do appreciate it we look forward to uh bringing you another show next week lots of stuff happening seminal hard rock uh continues with their escalator series uh march the third through the eighth so check that out over there as the uh size of the buy-ins and prize pools increases as they move along the third round will be coming up this weekend and we'll get to some other stuff next week as well uh joe thank you and uh good luck with the next tournament over there at miami Thank you, Big Dave. Joe, thank you, guys. I'm going to let you run now, and we'll talk later on during the week, guys. Have a great one. Okay. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we appreciate your uh, your patronage throughout the, throughout the year, and look forward to having you back on another edition next week of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 